All right, this is the Sex Actually podcast. Your host, Dave Neal. Uh, let's introduce everyone. I'm going to start with my left. Uh, we've got Tasha Courtney, longtime guest, longtime girlfriend. Hello, hello. And then we have Carl Hine, aka Carl Coppertops. Is that right? That's right. I got that right. Uh, international magician extraordinaire, one of the best close-up magicians I think that exists in the world. Can I can I say that? Yeah, but you also have to get out more. <laughs> I have to, uh, <laughs> in a very niche field, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to believe me, okay? It's a radio show, people. Just uh, pick a card uh, if you're listening, and uh, and Carl's going to guess it at the end. And then we've got Brian <laughs> Demoy. Is it Demoy, right? Demoy. Brian yeah. Demoy. Uh, we did a show last week um, in the fucking depths of the Simi Valley, which yeah. is like the desert of Los Angeles. Is that east? I've, it's I, northwest. I it's like north and, and, and yeah, it's oh, it's like nowhere. by Calabasas. It's like north of Calabasas. Weird. It's like an Indian reservation, and it was 114 degrees oh. at the start of showtime. Yeah, yeah, it was it was brutal, and I got I got a lot of shit from some of the comics. Can we turn? Do you mind if we curse on this? Yeah, you can no? curse. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I got because I, I wore shorts, and I was like, oh, oh you're yeah. wearing shorts. I'm like, I, it's, it's it's like a bringer show. I'm like, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not worried. Well, that's something I tell people too, because like, but that's 114 degrees. Yeah, exactly. Does it, do magicians have a code like that? Because all we have is no shorts. I've never seen you <laughs> yeah, perform you're not to. without it's... a suit. Well, you've only really seen me perform at the Magic Castle, so you have to have a suit there. Yeah. But I usually dress up. Um, I used to do a bunch of fishing tournaments in the Bahamas. It's very hot, and I used to wear like shorts and like linen pants like, or something. Shirts and like, you but know, you need like, like fishing shirts, you need like, like pockets and shit yeah, for your. Like, yeah, actually, fishermen shirts have like all these really cool pockets, so you can actually. Put oh, you got like a bait and tackle. Yeah, for yeah. Your... <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything you need to perform? I mean, other than like a deck of cards or. Yeah, you travel with a whole Depends kit on what probably, you're doing. right? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing stand-up show, yeah, you have to have different material. But for walk around, I mean, I can do just a deck of cards, but I do different props too. Uh, so, because I've, like yeah. Ketchup, for example. Exactly. You got to see Do you Carl. bring all your own ketchup? <laughs> Can you like, make ketchup packets disappear? Or what is it? Um, far better than ketchup packets. Oh, uh, you have to see. Um, it's, well, so Carl was performing this week at the at the Magic Castle. And what's the history of that? Because that, you, you probably know way more than I do. Um, I believe the Magic Castle has been open about 50 years. Basically, it's a private club for magicians. So it's a members only club for magicians. And you have to be a member to come. It's coat and tie. There's tons of showrooms and bars and this restaurant. And it's just a fun time to hang out and channel your inner magic nerd. And I don't know what anything that's close to it in the comedy world other than just there's just like separate rooms. There's this, there's like tiny little theaters of like what's the smallest theater at the Magic Castle? I, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming like there's a, a small there's probably 20, 25 people. And they just sit in around this tiny little like stage where he does where you do this this small, you know, close up magic. Yeah, I think there's one that's like it's like 50 or 60 and then the other one's like 120 maybe. And then like there's and then the bar and then you can perform at the bar. There's like stadium style seats around the bar. So like everyone's performing magic at all times. Yeah, there's just like these little hidden corners around the castle where you'll see people performing magic and all the people that work there I feel like are magicians right or most of them well no I mean actually magicians what about Justin he's a magician right I feel like we saw him my bartender yeah no who's actually married a magician's daughter though I guess I just found that out last night really surprise so and you come in you come into town for the week perform whatever rooms they tell you to perform in is in or like like Thursday to Sunday well it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of an honor to perform there Right, that's uh, air quotes for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it is. It's a really fun place to perform. A lot of magicians, you know, when you grow up and you hear about a place, 
you know you always want to go to and you know it's, especially if you live on the other kind of side of the world or the country it's uh it's a dream of a lot of people to perform there so it's quite an honor to, to perform there and and they do are selective who they allow to come in and do it too so um yeah you, you should have to book out in advance and you know if you're not to be accepted and all that kind of stuff so and you come from florida florida yes but you perform i mean you have a show lined up in what israel and uh, i just booked the magic convention in israel so a part of my business i also perform and teach magicians so uh, I do private parties, corporate events, very few public shows. And, and you and you've done stuff in in the Asian countries too. Yeah. Are you now now? Because okay, so for those you know to paint a picture here, I did not plan this, but we're talking about Brian and Carl are both ginger. Yeah. And this is a big deal. This is if I one mean, more was in here, it'd be against union rules. <laughs> <laughs> They're only allowed two. Per I love it, and I don't mean it. And so, and Tasha and I are sharing a, um, headphones here, so we're like clumped up next to each other, staring at you guys. And I apologize <laughs> yeah. to make this feel lopsided, but I really don't mean it to be. No, it is. You know, kind of used to getting stared at as a as a ginger. But yeah. you've got the so so uh, Brian, you've got like the Louis C.K. sort of look. Is he like? I mean, like that's it's not rare. In comedy, like okay, let me put it this way, uh, Carl. When you perform in, in like if you've done like China or someplace, you must be like a god. You're six foot three. Or <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but yeah, you definitely stand <laughs> out. Yeah, sure. well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm six four. I always refer to myself as a walking buoy. <laughs> <laughs> You can always spot me from a, yeah. a long distance away. When I was in China, I was with a guy that was like six six, and it was like everywhere <laughs> we walked, it was just a, you know, a whole head size above everybody else. And uh, and your in your so your your magic name's Copper Top. Yeah, it was that something you gave to yourself, or did they call you that, like fucking Copper Top over here? <laughs> it was like one of the few like uh, you know redheaded names I actually liked as a kid. Like one kid called I forget who it was, but like it's just one name I kind of like one nickname I kind of liked. And uh, when I was younger, I did a lot of family shows, so it was kind of a fun, like, little name for like doing kid shows and things like that. And do you have and, any? Uh, have you dated any uh, gingers? Mm, not seriously, no. no. Brian, I, I've <laughs> dated a couple. Some weren't like you know natural gingers, but you know, because yeah. I, I saw. So I met Brian at the show, and you were next to a chick who was a ginger, Andy Bolt. Yeah, Andy Bolt, and um, very and funny. She's going to be on the show here one of these days. And I just assumed it was your girl. I didn't know either one of you no. were comics. And, you know, it's no. one of those shows. I don't, I don't know. If I'm All redheads are. Yeah, I know. Well, just like <laughs> it's hard enough to get an audience. So when you think you have an audience, like every bit of crowd work I did, I was like, are you a comic? No. Okay. Because you hate to like find out halfway through your crowd work that it's a comic you're talking to. Because you're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's why I sit in the back. Yeah. But then she was like, and, and you know, I was talking, I was like, for sure, you, you're both not comics dating each other. And you weren't dating each other. I no. just thought in my head I had created this world about you guys. And then I was completely wrong. Yeah. Um, I just had this happen at the Magic <laughs> Castle recently. There's a, uh, one of the, the, the waitresses at Magic Castle saw another guy that was a redhead older than me and assumed it was my dad. Yeah. Right? It was really funny because she was Asian. And I was like, "Really? So uh, you're just saying all oh, redheads look alike?" Huh? Yeah, <laughs> they, they do. Because like, right. I get told I look like Louis, but I look nothing I like Louis C.K. I, I yeah. look absolutely nothing you like him. I get Ron Howard all the time. But I don't see it. I, I just, just have a red <laughs> hair and a beard. I know, right? <laughs> Louis and Ron Howard, special yeah. guests this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, but Louis C.K. definitely uh, was he definitely like a comic you looked up to. No, not actually. Oh, no, no. Um, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But some no, comics I mean, like, you can hear like, "Oh, dude, like you must like love Bill Burr or something." You know, so you can just hear some guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, for me, I, I've always liked the storyteller comics. I mean, yeah. I, I you know I loved. I mean, Carlin was just on another world. I mean, sure. everybody would love to to aspire to that. But um, yeah, no, Louis. I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of Louis, but 
No, I've, he's not one of the, the guys. The second that like, they make like a biopic on him and he's like young, young Lucy K, you're gonna definitely be like, hey, it's because you know I, I know I wear the black t-shirts, but uh, honestly, that stems from me bartending. I was a bartender in New oh, York really? for like ten years, so my wardrobe consisted of jeans and black t-shirts. Like that's yeah. all you were allowed to wear. Irish pubs on the Upper East, and it was like, all right, great. So I, it's all I have. Like, and, right. and you moved here how long ago? About Pretty a year and a half. About a year and a half. Oh, it's been a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So what? Any? Uh, what's the big takeaway? You miss New York. Absolutely. Um, I do. I I miss New York. I miss uh, the ease of New York. I miss, um, you know, just having access to everything a lot closer here. It's just such urban sprawl. I mean, to get here from like, which is like 10 miles from my apartment, took like an hour and a half. It looks so good on paper. I'll swing by. Everything just takes forever. And that's why I I just find it's a little bit more... um, Isolated. The only benefit here LA. is like late at night. If you like drove someplace, you can just zip home. Oh yeah, you can get that's home. It, in that's eight where seconds, it's the opposite yeah. than New York. If you're just like trying to be the cheap guy on the subway, it's like, going to take me an hour. Because I lived in Harlem, so I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. To get home from yeah, late this night if you take the subway because the subway's you know delays service. It doesn't run as quick. But um, you can hop in a cab and be home in like ten minutes. And you so. moved? Did you move out here with your girl? Or no, I moved you... out here for her. Actually, oh yeah. yeah. So she was already living out here doing long distance? Yeah, we did long distance for about a year. Hey, but where did you meet originally? Uh, we met while I was bartending on the Upper East Side. Nice. Do she you happen to know, this is totally a side thing, Ship of Fools on 82nd and 2nd, it's not yeah. there anymore. No, it's, I know it's gone, yeah. I used to work there. Did you really? We were probably just moments away from each other I was for like at, five years. I was at the Gale on 83rd and 3rd. Oh my God. And I was at Doc Watson's on 77th and 2nd. And I was at Johnny Fox's before they closed. Those are some Irish pubs. Yeah. And it was funny. So I, I got the gig and because, you know, I, with the red hair, everybody thinks I'm Irish. And my name is You're Brian. You're authentic. So they're like, of course. You, absolutely. You're hired. Come on in. You know, so they put you on uh, and behind the bar. And then uh, I, my family, my heritage is Swedish. And there was a Swedish couple sitting at the bar. I was like, oh, great. So my people are here. And the woman who hired me was like, what do you mean, Brian? We're all your people. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was like, actually, no, um, they're Swedish. Like, they're Swedes. And she's like, you're not an Irish. And I was like, no, I'm not. Not even a little bit. And they're like, ah, oh, shit. But he's already hired. So, yeah. I'll play I, the part. I, yeah. So I was not. I was, I was, that's where so I was she like, was a bar patron. Yeah. She was in town on business. Yeah. Wow. Look at yeah. that. And you're just, you know, you're just wiping down the table, being the charming uh, Swedish ginger. No, not at all. I ID'd her. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I thought she was cute. She came in the bar with her friend, and uh, they were standing on the back wall, and her friend came over to order drinks. And I was like, I need to see her ID. And I just wanted to know her name. So I got <laughs> ah, her. sneaky. So, yeah, of course. And so I got her. I uh, got the ID, and I was like, oh, shoot, they're from California. So I wouldn't. But in New York, that doesn't mean anything because, you know, you can have IDs from all over the place but still live in New York. So we started talking. Everything was good. Got out of work a little early. And... um we ended up, I sat down next to him, just continued talking. We had a lot in common. And she was like, I want to see the dirty, underground, seedy New York City that you only <laughs> read about. And so I was like, You've come to the Be right careful. man. So I was like, <laughs> I know exactly where to take her. So we went to some, like, this really sketchy after hours joint where you like got to like knock on the door and the guy's got to check you and like all right you're in the group you're you're good and then you go up the stairs in this little back bar area where there's you know illicit drug use and weird stuff going on so yeah that's that's where i took her and then, <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> later told me her her and her friend were just scared out of their minds they're like we're gonna have one drink and we're leaving so yeah and then we just went back to the hotel exchanged numbers and had planned to meet up that week but we just kept missing each other 
And then we just had a text message relationship for about three years. Wow. What? Yeah, we texted, just like kept the friendship going for about three years. We text them pretty much every day. Uh, never spoke on the phone, no Skype, no FaceTime, none of that stuff. Just texting, just not a lot of com- in common. And then she was back in New York, got it, three years later. And we were like, hey, we should meet up. And we did. And yeah, so we're just like, let's see if this long distance thing can work. So we did that for a year. And well, you glazed over the other two. So <laughs> and then we met up, and uh, so that's that. <laughs> no, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you went from having this text relationship mm-hmm. to having like a face to face conversation, like the first time she came back to it New was, York, it was really comfortable. It was, it was yeah, it was, it was fine. Yeah, it, it, we didn't really miss a beat because we were very like that's how our, our you know the interest started. We were just just gabbing back and forth for the first time we met. And then so I was like, all right, well, let's meet up. And we were both a little nervous. It's like, what if we're just like, okay, yeah, we've got yeah. nothing in common. Uh, but no, we actually it was fine. The conversation flowed well, and we she, I'm sure she had like a secondary plan for like her friend to call her. You know, you know, like when well, yeah, we were just we were originally going to meet up once, but um, it's going to sound weird. But uh, her friend wasn't feeling well, and it turned out she had cancer. But, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up hanging out like four nights while she was in town because her friend was like, I really don't feel good. I'm just tired. I just want to stay in the hotel room. So she was just like, and then like, yeah, it turned out she was diagnosed with cancer like not too far after that. How's her friend doing? She's good. She made okay. a full recovery. Oh, she's good. good. Yeah, she's nice. Uh, it'd be a bad omen. Yeah, oh yeah, it'd be really bad. But no, it was kind of an awkward thing. But uh, yeah, we've talked about it. I was like, you know what? Your friend didn't get cancer. We wouldn't have. We only would have met up like once while you were in town. And we wouldn't have really seen what was going on because we ended up hanging out almost every night that she was back in New York for vacation. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Maid of honor at the wedding for sure. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our story is a little bit different, but we became friends, and then I was still living in New York, and Tosh was in L.A., and we stayed in touch. I wouldn't say we didn't. Maybe but text we didn't weekly. Talk every day. We talked like weekly or like every like you know time would pass, but you'd kind of like we kept kept in touch with each other. But I think it was also pretty casual. Like we didn't flirt and stuff. yeah. But you sent me a photo. Uh, she sent me a, like a like a, a, a selfie. This is before people were sending photos of everything. Yeah. And you sent me a photo, and I was like, uh, you sent me a text photo. Of what? Would, of you like sticking your tongue out like a stupid like. Eh. And I was like, maybe you were just behind on the game. Everybody texts photos. No, no, no. This is this is this is uh, four years ago. This was like data charges, and either, <laughs> either way, either way. I t- the point is, is that I took it as an in, being like, oh, all right, and then uh, didn't you know think much of it. And then when I moved to LA, I was like, all right, I'm gonna knock on your door. Like the first day I got in, like, what's up? How are you doing? Um, but uh, okay, so at what point did you decide to move across the country? Okay, so that's also, you were well into your stand-up career. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't have a day job in New York. Did she see you perform? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she'd come out, I would, I would do shows, and she saw my stand-up and heard my stories and was like, well, she, know, she knows that I had a life before we were together. So, and yeah. not to jump around, but the story of you meeting a girl with one arm yeah, is, yeah. is quite the story you keep for life, I think. What? Like that's a story. That yeah, that's like a, that's a true story um, that I talked about. That um, yeah, I was on. I was out on Long Island at a beach resort area and talking to these two girls. Who were standing behind me, spark up conversation. It, the bar was packed. It was ridiculously you know um, slow service at the bar. So I was like, "Ladies, what are you drinking? You know, I'll order your drinks for you and hand the drinks back." And we just start talking. And yeah, it turned out that the girl was missing her arm from her elbow down and I did not notice it until like later on in that evening <laughs> as things got smooth. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, like, 
Was it an accident or a, was no? It a, she totally did it on purpose. I, I, I mean, was the um, did she lose it? Um, I, she never told me. I never she, asked. Oh, you never found out. How never she lost found the out arm. how she lost the arm. Nope, never found out. Sorry, you're no, not. I, how, did you bring it? Like, did you pretend no, you, you didn't did, notice, yeah. or did you bring it up? No, like, like, when I think, I think she was really hedging her bet. Like, you know, it was just a situation of like, all right, well, we're going to hook up. And if he says no, he's a scumbag because, well, you know, what you've been talking all night, it's not okay that I'm missing an arm. And I was like, or I'm going to bring it up and kind of ask a few questions. It's going to be like a mood killer, so to speak. So I just was like, all right, just power through, man. Don't even don't even acknowledge it. So. Carl, what's your take on that? Would you... Um what do you, how, how do you feel about extra arms or l- she, la- lack thereof? Extra or lack thereof? <laughs> 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 I like the standard amount, really. <laughs> I could make a sleight of hand joke, but uh, yeah, I don't right. think yeah, that's no, a good she, idea. She didn't have anything hidden up her sleeve. Uh, I don't, it's never happened to me, so I don't know. I can't uh, yeah. necessarily... Uh, you get exposed to interesting people. Like like men don't gener- aren't generally the type to get hit on. But when you're doing like what you both do with comedy and magic, you must have girls all the time. It's like there's no icebreaker needed. They just saw you perform. Do you find that way? Like, are there's is, can you tell if a girl's like really into your magic that she's going to be easy to it talk can be pretty to? Pretty difficult sometimes. I mean, some are very easy to tell, right? But oftentimes it's very difficult because with magic, I mean, you're blowing someone's mind and they're just they're gotta go crazy sometimes, you know. Yeah. Whereas if you weren't doing that, and that was just, yeah, that would be the case. But with the magic, it's like, eh, you don't know sometimes. Because you, you had some girls. We saw, I saw. I don't touch you. Were in the bathroom, but these these girls bought you bought you a, a shot of fireball. So you were all doing fireball shots. So they were eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> and they were loving you. They were like southern loud, whatever. We had to sit in front of them on the next show. We walked to another was theater. Was that the same people? It was the same people. They were. The most, but I mean, I'm sure they were fun for you because you were like the rowdy show. They were shit. They were heckling. <laughs> they the were magicians. shouting. They were. It was crazy. I couldn't believe that somebody didn't tell them to shut up. But Finally, just, one guy that two, was with them. Couples. Yeah, and there was like a dude with like a mustache, like a weird kind of dude. They were all sitting in the front row of your yeah, bar yeah, show. Yeah, I, remember that. I didn't know they were the same people. Yeah, I just was like, <laughs> I was like, who are these? Because they sounded like they had to have been 18, but they were older ladies, oh, were right? Older. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they were just—I couldn't there some believe cuties, how obnoxious though. they yeah. were. They were very attractive. They were having but they were a definitely good time. Older. They were probably. I feel like 40s. we've mentioned this because, and it's it can sound crude, but um, in the stand-up world, of like a chicks into comics, they're called like chuckle fuckers or whatever. I'm chuckle sure sluts. Ever chuckle, chuckle sluts? sluts they, yeah, yeah, like a lot of things you can. And, uh, and Tasha's just like angry, but it's you're not a chuckle fucker. You don't have like a tradition of comics yeah. but but it, what's is there a magician you know, sort of? i know there is uh i don't hang out around the castle enough to actually know these terms but these girls uh, they, they get it they they kind of <laughs> get around right yeah there's definitely a few uh you know i live in west, in florida so i live in west palm beach and there mostly i do private parties and corporate events so you live in west palm beach isn't that where celeste lives oh yeah my cousin lives there we were oh, gonna yeah. go there next month well I had a job well, that was booked, and then it kind of fell through. Oh, if everyone's pumping well, again, but we do want to we do want to go not in, the, not in the dead heat of the summer though. So maybe yeah, yeah, summer's not the best time. That'd be no. cool though because this yeah. is like all the time what's happening right now. Yeah. outside. have you done West Palm Beach Improv? It's a I cool, have not. I have not gone. It's tough. It's a good. It's, it's a good pro- club. It's yeah. It's gorgeous, and it's that crowd. It's like all New Yorkers that kind of retired, yeah. so they're actually like a fun New York crowd, but they don't have like jobs. They're just like chilling in Florida. It's yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so. Uh, but anyway, so like you know, I do mostly private parties, corporate events. So it's very rarely I'm you're not going to get a lot of yeah. appropriate. A, there's not that many unless they're like you know, 13 year olds at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, the, the age range of like people who hire you goes from like you're doing kids parties to like you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and up hiring you to do events. So that 
usually that college age, unless you're doing college shows, isn't at those events. You know, you know, it was very That's not appropriate either. It really. was very interesting because uh, we stayed pretty late at this at the at uh, the castle last night. I love calling it the castle. <laughs> we stayed late at the castle last night, and so we got to see all the magicians kind of hanging out. And as comics, you hang out with whatever group you're with. And yeah. It's, but it was interesting because you probably I, I feel like these magicians are you know perform all over the world. It's like probably very select times that you get to see each other. It was interesting to see that camaraderie and all that. But do you seeing how often everyone travels? Like we there was um a husband and wife uh, mentalist. Yeah, the Evisons. The Evisons. They they would blow your mind. They would communicate through these mind codes and and like tell you what your name is and all and like all this shit they shouldn't know. And of course they're kind of like doing it through whatever you know trickery they're doing but they're like a, this o- older husband and wife team and like they get to travel together as like this vaudeville couple but most people don't and like have you had a relationship where it just failed because they, the chick realized oh he's gonna be on the road all the time uh sure absolutely i mean i would say a relationship that failed because of that but um it's certainly even just meeting people, like trying to get in a relationship, sometimes can be very hard because if you're on the road all the time, it's just, just not, yeah, just know that the fire just doesn't yeah take, yeah. take. Especially if you're you know traveling, you're somewhere else. So you know if you're like here, I'm in L.A. and so if I meet someone here and I'm going back, I might not come back for another three months. Yeah, that could be a, a hindrance sometimes, right? I'm not in that. <clears throat> kind of like level of success with my career where I take six months off get to, well <laughs> j- that I just get to travel that much for yeah. for gigs and I feel like I don't know what comedy I feel like you're in and out for like a quick weekend here and there so it's usually not like you're on a sort of a tour or anything yeah but do you, in your so Brian your girlfriend or is it I'm sorry it's a fiance no just girlfriend just girlfriend the, right now so yeah. your girlfriend she works in like business right advertising yeah she's so she's a, like a normal person yeah she's got a, how does that work with your relationship dynamic, uh, it's 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 cool. I mean, she gets it, so you know, she's supportive, so she understands that. Like, I've got to go do shows. Like from here, I'm, I'll be doing a gig tonight. And when she, do you guys see each other? Uh, we see each other at night. That uh, question I'm was not very doing loaded, shows, by yeah. the way. That is a loaded question because yeah. you're out at night, though. I'm out at night. I'm out a lot of times at night. She tries to go to as many shows as she can, um, oh. and we hang out there. Uh, so we kind of make it a night, like you know, go grab dinner, go do something, and then I got to go do a set. So if she can, she can make it straight. She comes out. Um, but yeah, otherwise she understands. Yeah. I always look at it like this. Like I just got offered some shitty bar show in San Diego. Come out July 3rd, Sunday night. But I was like, do I want to take this? Do we want to? Like then it becomes, all right, it's July 3rd. Do we do we want to do a trip to San Diego? Like it kind of. You can turn it into a weekend parties. getaway. Yeah. 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 yeah there's, a, there's a Sonoma wine uh, comedy festival and it's like a six hour drive. But I was like. Maybe Sonoma's a thing you do. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a funny joke yeah. to be doing wine to do at a comedy festival at a vineyard. I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, it's one of the benefits of, of my of my girlfriend having a day job. It's like, yeah, when there are those weekend things, it's like she's off. You know, yeah. I mean, she's she's got the weekend off. It's, so it's not like she's a the waitress and it's like oh, I can't, I can't give up a Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's I, I can't take the day off. No, she's done. Like from like usually by six o'clock on Friday. And when She's you free. when yeah. you moved out here for her, did you move in with her right away, or did we you? We did, yeah. And yeah. what did you have to give up, like with your? I moved, I, I, just, I just sold all my stuff. You just got. I you just, just got rid of everything. I, I drove out here in a Saturn wagon, with six boxes. Nice. Wow. That's it. I was like, whatever. I got rid of all my winter nice. clothes. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You'll that. never need those again. Yeah, I'm like, so I don't. I don't even. I don't own a jacket anymore. I think. But what time of year did you leave New York? I left New York City right before Thanksgiving. I went and spent oh, nice. uh, Thanksgiving with my sister in D.C. 
in the D.C. area, and then uh, my parents retired, and now they live in South Carolina. So I went and spent a month in South Carolina hanging out with the folks. What part I, of South Carolina? Uh, they're in Pendleton, just outside. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, right by, um, what the hell is that? That's uh, Clemson University. We were just talking about Charleston, how Eddie, Eddie, um, Eddie what's his name? I can't think of his, uh, who are we talking about? Not, the I, oh, guy from I was going to say Eddie Murphy. No, the, uh, the guy from <laughs> What about Bob? Bob. Oh, <laughs> Bill Murphy. <laughs> Bill Murphy. <laughs> like Eddie Murphy uh, hangs in yeah. Bill Murphy. Like, dude, that's yeah. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie Murphy does not hang out in Charleston, South no. Carolina. I can guarantee that. But Bill Mar- uh, Murray, um, he was like hanging out down there, just like drinking with people, no. crashing into their bachelor parties. It's such a chill area down there. Did you do any stand-up in South Carolina? Or I did a little bit. I did uh, you know, a couple of little gigs. But I know I, it's my, tough, my like, main goal there was, because um, when I left New York, I was like pretty much broke. So yeah. I just paid off all my bills, and I was like, I got to get a gig. So I just started bartending in South Carolina, did that for, for about a month, and then slid out to L.A. That's amazing. Yeah. And did you have any second guessing about dri- like driving out here, or were you like determined? Uh, the, the way I looked at it was because her big fear was, um, all right, you know, what if you give up all your stuff and you give up everything and then you come out here and, and it doesn't, doesn't work, work out? I was like, all right, well, one of three options are going to happen. One, I'm going to move out and it's going to suck and the relationship's going to end and I'm going to move right back to New York City. Fine. I've got you know all my friends back there. It's not, not, not an issue. What about your place? Did you give up your place? Yeah, I got rid of my apartment. Just, that's the hardest that's part. That's bold. It's so hard I to... still have regret for giving up my apartment in New York. It yeah. still haunts me. Nah, I mean, like I know enough people. I can crash on somebody's couch for a little bit, get my stuff together, and then get another apartment if I need I had to. The same, hard. I had I moved out to L.A., and after three months, moved back, and I had and I had already given up all my furniture. I didn't even sell it; just gave it, kind of gave most of it yep. away. And this, and then, and then I moved back to New York for two years, and then I took a gig and moved back to the West Coast. So I was on my second go around on the West Coast. Didn't feel like a huge failure the first time, but definitely felt like I wasted so much money and effort and yeah. energy doing that. But it's like whatever, you know. Like that's the kind of the life we have is that like you could literally just sell all your shit. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just, it's like, you can go to Ikea. And I bought buy the another, same you know, Ikea dresser. Like, who cares? Like, from, yeah. the, from, like, used. You know, I bought it for the same amount as I saw. You know, it was just yeah. the same pieces of shit. But yeah. but now, do you know Doug Key? No. He's a, he's a, he looks like, he's like a shorter version of, stronger version of me. He's, like, in way better shape. But he's a New York guy. <laughs> he actually, I guess he moved to New York when I moved here, so two years ago. But he took my apartment. I, and I specifically, like, left him everything and didn't quite charge him for, like, anything that way it's like mine if, yeah. if anything ever happens and i want to go back there but that's just like my psychological thing thinking i have an yeah. anchor in new york not, i really not don't. gonna happen <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like uh, yeah yeah asshole i've t- take care of this for two years but yeah like i left the electric bill my the apartment i was living in like because i left I, I moved out and i was like all right whatever you know just add one of the other roommates onto the electric bill and yeah, it was just such a pain in the ass having to deal with them. Like I'd get yeah. these notices, you didn't pay the bill, and I'm like, I don't live there anymore. Like, so I'd, like text and be like, dude, come on, pay the bill so I don't get in trouble. I have so this, uh, I, yeah, I'm glad I just got rid of everything. I have this like, romantic thought of like only going back for like a job that pays me to live there and like some nice place and everything. And it's like, ugh, who knows? Yeah. New York's New York's whatever you make of it. I feel like LA's the same thing, but they really do want to squash your dreams real fast here. And then you kind of have to just survive. And you've obviously done stand up for a long time. He's like really talented, you know, but I can't imagine the people that start. Well, here. I, I'm, I'm glad I started in New York. I don't, I, I don't know. Cause in New York, I, I stage time is easy to get like there. There's so much time. So you can do, uh, you know, I was on stage six nights a week in New York and out here, if you're on stage like three times a week, it's like, wow, how do you get all that time? It's, yeah. You know, so it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, but I'm glad I started there. I'm glad I spent that much time doing clubs and, uh, performing in front of people from all over the world. 
And if I hadn't done that, I don't know whether or not my material would be as strong as it is. I don't know if I have that ability to come out here to translate it out. You wouldn't have met the chick with one arm. No, I would not. That. Yeah, absolutely. That wouldn't have happened. Uh, <laughs> you, what did your girlfriend think of that? Uh, like, does she judge any jokes that you have that are... No, she doesn't judge any of it. She she finds, like, um, I did a show at the Federal Bar last week on Wednesday, and um, uh, doing that gig, she was like, oh, it's so fun to watch the audience because my material is very much like... I get everybody on board, then I kind of push everybody away, and then I piss people off, and then it just like, goes from like ah, to, oh, that's wrong, and then I bring them back around again. I just like it's kind of this tug of war, so um, it's just fun for me, really. And she just laughs and she sits back and she just watches the audience as the people react and the different people and their reactions to it. So she's like, she enjoys it. Uh, Tasha fell asleep during one of my shows a few weeks ago in New York <laughs> at the Village Lantern. We were really okay. tired. I fell asleep and like twice. The only thing that woke her up was her um, alarm went off on her phone. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so maybe you're, maybe you're, uh, these ladies can talk and they can. Oh, God. Oh, look at that. How about that? You got your phone going off too? Oh, it's terrible. That's such poor form. What kind of ringtone was that? That's the... Um, Oh god! I don't know it sounded is. like a robot. No, it's um, it is the uh, James Bond theme song. Uh, okay. <laughs> you just tripped us off iTunes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, probably. Um, Carl, do you so? Because okay, so when a, when a when a stand up when a joke when an audience isn't present and you know a joke's not going well, I I I personally usually bail out of it and try to like hit the audience with some like some something to wake them up. Like, what do you do if an audience is uh? either just not paying attention or they're just low energy. I felt like the audience for our show for you was shit com- compared to the audiences you had later on that night. Yeah, I had some awesome audiences later on that night. Yeah. Is it I just a, bad ones, but some were definitely lower energy than others yeah. for sure, you know. I think ours was just distracted. Like they were like, they were distracted. Yeah, like, like they the had to go to the ne- the well, first show or something. Well, what I do with magic, there's lots of more different venues, you know, with comedy there's pretty much comedy clubs and maybe not out audiences. here oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, not all clubs i've yeah. done a i've done a juice bar and a library okay. since i've been out here <laughs> not joking library yeah no it was it was a bookstore a juice bar yeah it's like wherever i where, where, where they have the common nights and restaurants and things like that too yeah absolutely sure yeah but the, the but even then i think that the context is still in a way the same it's not as good because you have a lot more distractions in a, in a comedy club obviously and the same thing happens in magic is when you have all these different venues but one thing you do have that you don't have in comedy is strolling magic, where you would walk around at a party or in a restaurant or a country club and do stuff for individual tables. Yeah, you know, you don't walk around and tell jokes at individual tables usually. I'm sure. I think that, that sure was like a. Does, I think in, I think that's super old school. Yeah, they'd have like the does, guy, yeah. like the Italian owner like, of the restaurant, like would just walk around. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, so for those types of groups, you know, that that's a little different because you're walking into someone else's space. They're not necessarily paying to come see you or taking the time off to come see you. So in those situations, you're in an environment people are coming to eat, they're coming to do something else, whatever that environment is. And you have to have, find ways to introduce yourself to that environment. And in those situations, you don't know. If they just came from a funeral. If someone just got cancer. You, you, yeah. don't, you don't know what is going on. So in the beginning, you, know, you take it personally. But over time, you really learn that you're there to entertain, but also it's not always the right thing to do. You don't know what's going on in people's heads. And even at the castle, you know, some people come come with somebody, and it's a place you come to see magic. But you see a lot of, you know, with a couple, then you see this 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 friend or this couple, first part of the couple doesn't want to be there. But the oh, other yeah. one's like, whoa, I love magic. He's the best. Hey, you know? <laughs> and so you have to know how to deal with these dynamics and make Is it. Is that usually the woman doesn't want to be there? Usually it's, it's, it's both. I no, mean, it's, it's a very sexist question to ask, <laughs> but I just would assume that. 
No. What guy doesn't love magic? We're such. It, um, it literally brings us back to like depends. our childhood. You know, usually, girls are more reactive and more fun and enjoy magic more. But the nerdy guys are in or into magic, but they're more analytical. So it's not not as good of audiences, right? So yeah. They're trying to figure out how you're doing it. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how you're doing it, right? Yeah. The couple we brought last yeah, night was trying was to figure super, out every trick. Yeah, super they're analytical. Just, you know, to cheese. I mean, just more, though, take your just, fucking just head out. Just enjoy. It. It. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Like, well, how does this happen? How do they just, watch a movie? It's just like, well, that's yeah. CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I do that with movies when I'm like, oh, that's ADR. Like, when I can yeah. hear that the voice is off, that's kind of just me. But um, so, okay, because, like, with magic, you can – it's like you got – you get a magic box for Christmas or something, and, and you can kind of, like, do tricks. But, like, with stand-up, I feel like people just tell you, like, oh, you're funny. You should fucking oh, – yeah. you know, I feel like the, for me, I was, like, the last person – who wanted to try stand-up. Although no one told me to try it. and it, it, my, Actually, my whole career, no one's been like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Everyone's, so no one's supported. <laughs> Everyone's They're like, all like, why uh, are you still uh, doing this? Why did less... you quit your day job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people have those stories like, my teacher made me stand on stage because he knew he saw it in me. I've never had any of that. Nothing. But you now, you, in your act, Carl, you, you talked about getting like a like a magic a magic gift when you were a kid is that is that how it started for you oh that's totally made up oh you made that up <laughs> <laughs> behind the yeah, curtain exactly i mean um like I mean, what I started get, i did what? get a magic kit when i was a kid it wasn't that exact story, you probably but. just simplified it yeah i think i saw like you know sunday school when i was a kid someone do ma- magic was the first experience i had you know someone does the trick where they put the scarf and disappears and but you have to have the attention and, uh, like that kids that you have to have to eat like i would look at this uh, you know you get those magic boxes my my, my little brother is 14 he got one of these a couple of years ago and you just see like some string and tape and cards and you know whatever and you're just like fuck this <laughs> like yeah, it's too much work I know. oh my gosh yeah. i mean there's a lot of work when you're young that's for sure but you can now you can you can solve a rubik's cube how, how fast can you solve a rubik's cube um my record is probably 35 40 seconds somewhere in there okay so like I'm, and i'm not a rubik's cube guy but that's like mind-blowing i mean like well isn't it just yeah, math no, it's not math. It's, well, cause it's uh, like it's patterns, right? Well, yes, my, no. so, my nephews have them, and they're like all excited about l- memorizing. Like, well, if it, if it looks like this, yep. and you got to make an L, and then you move this, and it's literally like left top one way, and then this way. It's just it's just uh, it's, an algorithm, basically. Well, it's a simplified version of it. It's really not as dif- easy, difficult as people think it is. People, when you look at a Rubik's cube, you know, if you just have one and you try to solve it without any help. It's really hard to do because the problem is, is you solve one side, and the next thing you know, you're messing up what you've already solved. Yeah. So what happened is many, very many other very, very, very nerdy people who have lots of time on their hands figured out these specific algorithms <laughs> that he's talking about that keep everything in order that you've already solved, but only mix the things that you haven't solved to get them in the right place. Yeah. So it's like a five, six. It's like a six-step process, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like playing the piano. I think is a good analogy for it because you're not really thinking about it. You're not memorizing these algorithms. You are, but you're you're just doing them a hundred times, two hundred times, three hundred times, and then just like playing the piano, you don't think about what notes you're playing. You just play them, and it's muscle memory. Sure. And so after a while, you just your brain automatically recognizes this pattern. But it's and then taking you do like a sequence. visual clue. Yeah. And then saying this means I have to do this. Right. Yeah. But the difference is, is that when you go from like a minute. To get down to a minute is not that difficult. All of you can probably learn, and I learned in a day. I've ADD with the right amount of practice. <laughs> every week. But you know, if to get down to like fifteen seconds, ten seconds, then it goes from memorizing like six things to memorizing like two hundred things, one hundred and fifty. You know, you have to memorize a whole bunch more possibilities to make it faster, and that's when it's really crazy. I mean, you could. Well, I don't but, think I ever could. Well, I no, don't that think negative that, attitude. <laughs> I don't think that I could ever learn it. Well, here's what I tell people is that a, you have to ha- you have to want to learn, just like anything else in life. You have to, anything you, you want to do, you have to want to do it, right? 
doesn't matter what it is. But don't you like in order to make new memories have to erase old ones? So to remember those hundred and fifty steps, <laughs> <laughs> you're like no, you're losing memories of you like your one. childhood of like playing ball with your dad, and it's just like that was Let's a great say moment. Some people have more spaces than others. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I don't want to take the uh, the curtain off of magic or anything. So like, just let me know if I'm like asking too many questions. <laughs> but how many things do you have to memorize in in your in a half an hour act? I mean, you must have. And I, I, you must have to have like, like tens of like all the. You have to know the whole room. Who's pulling what? Who's? I mean, that that's got to be absolutely insane. Does your brain hurt at the end? Or are you on autopilot? Well, there's different styles too. So my style, like what you see me do there at the magic at the magic castle at the bar, I don't do very often that set. I mostly do it just there once a year, maybe. Um, so I, mean, I do some of those routines, but not in that order, not that way, not that presentation, basically. Uh, a lot of what I do is more smaller venues and, like I said, corporate parties. I, I walk around, I stroll. So when I those type of environments, you have to do lots and lots of moments. Whether it's a laugh, whether it's a, a line, whether it's a, a moment of magic, th- to me, there's got to be lots of reaction, right? Uh, I don't know. Did you guys see Jay Neal the other night? No, we no, didn't, we didn't see him. He's one, one of the early parlor guys. So he has like twenty minute show. He did like two tricks. Right? This guy's like a big like how, many, how many effects do you have in my? In my show, yeah. like, you know, in 20, yeah. 20 minutes, I probably do like. 40 well, that's things, what I was right? saying. When yeah. we saw Copperfield, I feel like we saw four illusions, right. tops. Well, he probably does more than that, but yeah, it's not. It was like maybe it, six. It just, some yeah. of them can be, you know, one tricks, one illusion can be five minutes, ten minutes, sure, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes if you str- if you stretch it out, right? Uh, but that's more about your presentational skills, how you make that entertaining, uh, different types of styles to it. So for me, I have lots of things going on. It's not like I'm memorizing. I mean, I've done this for twenty five years, I guess. So. You just you, you just know what comes out. next. I mean, for, like for me, like like one, like a joke that I that I like was a tweet, right? And it, and it like did well, and I was like, oh, all right, well, it it got a lot of retweets. Let's see what. And it's not. And now it's a whole bit. And that the joke that was in the tweet is now just like a throwaway joke to a lot of other jokes that came out of it. So it's like, do you do you come up with a magic trick and then? And then the more you do it, you just add like tags oh, of different absolutely. things. Changes, so know. it's yeah, you're not just cons- constructing. It's constantly it being developed. On the type of act you have. So some people will go more towards a theatrical type of performance, right? And so if you're only really performing at your audience, and you're not interacting with them, it's kind of like with hecklers, the same type of thing on the comedy show to degree. I mean, hecklers is one is different degrees of hecklers, I think, but. Um, in my show, like I encourage people to interact and talk back, and I play off that. And sometimes you get the best lines, the best moments from those interactions. Like just this this week, there was one thing. Yeah, I don't know how I've never thought of this before, right? Um, it, and I still have to work on the exact line. But you know, somebody picks a card, they put it back in, and all the time people forget their cards or are unsure of their cards, right? <laughs> all the time, right? And they're, they're, they're so I was like, "What's your card?" And they're like, uh, three of diamonds." I'm like, what am I, a Ron Burgundy teleprompter? Yeah. Right? Just, you know, just one of those things just came out of my head. Oh, yeah, that was weird. It reminded me of Ron Burgundy on Anchorman, you know, asking a put, question. put a question mark in a teleprompter, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's a funny line. I'm going to use that, you know, again, right? So those things happen where you just, but you have to invite that interaction. And so yeah. my show's that type of show. There's other types of magicians and performers that don't do it that way. They have their very set act and they just do it and they kind of perform at you. You know, and that can be really great acts. Just it's a different style. Now, so I got a buddy who, one of my roommates in New York, he learned some magic tricks just to meet girls at a bar. Which, which, like, you can't, you can't hate. Like, every guy's got to do his own thing. But like, what? But it's like obviously he's not going to be 
a great magician. He was just trying to like have an icebreaker. Well, how do you know? Maybe he could be someday with lots of practice. No, it was Harley. He was just trying to get laid, and then he met, and then he met a girl. <laughs> His name's Harley Yanoff. You can Google him and be like, my buddy. He met a girl, and then they're dating, and now he doesn't need the trick anymore. Like the trick's gone, you know. And it was whatever, it, whatever it was. He was, you know. But he's like, he's like, you know. Then it got too far when like he needed me to be like, um, like a plant <laughs> in the bar, and I'm like, fuck your trick, <laughs> just go get drunk and meet somebody. But like, what what keeps you like? What's the competitive instinct that keeps you wanting to be better and do it for twenty five years? He's just trying to meet the girl. That's uh, it. So as, soon as, he, as soon as he meets the girl, he's done. done. <laughs> just, just like retire the cards just under just the drop shelf. Drop the mic. Be done. He's like, all right, sugar mama. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what was the question again? It was uh, like, what drive? <laughs> what drives you? What's your driving uh, force? Driving force. Yeah. I mean. It changes over time, I think, you know, and you, when, I, when you're young as a magician, you know, most magicians get into magic because they are a little bit less social, a little more socially awkward. And it's a way for them to meet people, interact with people in a different way where people look at them in a positive light. Uh, and some people stay that way all their magical career and are really bad with people. Other people, I think myself is one of those, hopefully, has, has brought them out of their shell more. And I have learned a lot about relation, dealing with people from performing and walking up cold to so many different people and making, you know, I walk up, they think, what's going on here? And they walk away, they're chanting my name, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, nice. a, it's a really cool I wish skill I had that. to be able to have, right? And so that's um, – there's that progress. And so when you first get into it, a lot of it has to do with just trying to figure the secrets out and the knowledge of learning – there's so much literature and magic. A lot of people don't realize this, but like comedians, some of you, I guess, will write down your jokes and have a book. But anybody that creates a magic trick wants to write it down and get credit for having created this illusion. So therefore, there are libraries, huge libraries of magic books and pamphlets and magazines. Interesting. Huge libraries. Like you would, I think it's, I've heard this, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard it's the magic has more literature than any other field other than medicine and law. Wow. I wouldn't doubt it. It's really crazy how much there is out there. Well, it was crazy just at the castle. You get to see all the different, you know, there's like a magician, like barber, who like Copperfield would, do you know who I'm talking about in Glendale? I just saw it. it was oh, like, yeah, Dean Dill. Yeah, and then like Copperfield and other magicians would go hang out at the barber yeah. shop and he, they would like talk magic. <laughs> like, Well, Copperfield's got a huge magic collection. He's got he's a magic that giant, museum. Yeah, the, the, he's got the yeah. warehouse. Whatever, not so right? hidden warehouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's supposed gee, to be I hidden. wonder what that is. Well, Originally, they had like this like bra and girdle shop that you'd walk into and like, ooh, look at this bras and girdles, and you'd pull something, or then you, the secret door would open up and you'd go into the warehouse. I think they've done away with that now, but um, yeah, it's kind of like everybody. He's it's the secret. Then you just ask the taxi driver, take me to Copperfield's place, and they, oh yeah, we know where that is, and they all just go, you know. Uh, but it's a huge, amazing museum. Wow, uh, it's changed recently since I, I I was there maybe in the early two thousand, so it's been a while since I've seen it. But um, yeah, there's just so much out there, you know, and so. There's that certain mentality of people that just want to learn all these secrets because there's so many of them, you know, there's those types of people. Um, but as you perform, I think it goes from being about like you um, – some people go towards more like how they create and that, their creative process and how you create illusion because that's what magic is. It's you say, what's impossible? How do I create the illusion of making that possible? Sure. Right? Uh, and there's – what's amazing about it is you take an illusion that's common like cutting a girl in half on stage, Right. People ask, how do you do that? Well, the answer is there's hundreds of ways of doing that. There's hundreds of different solutions that different magicians have solved that problem 
that fit their needs and their environment or what they want to do. And all those are, you know, published or not published. They kept them a secret to themselves. Uh, yeah, I was going right? to ask. So, how do, so publishing magic tricks, because you said you sold something. Like, how does that work? The today? Rubik's Cube. Did, so you have you gotten credit for the Rubik's Cube trick? Is that what well, you did, like, last year? Them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I have I, – I, part of my business, I travel – a lot of my international business is teaching magicians. So I create a lot of what I do, and so therefore a lot of people want to learn some of my material as well as the process behind and the techniques behind that I use, basically. Um, and so it's kind of – Part of my business is going around teaching magicians how to become better magicians and giving them ideas and things like that. Uh, Keeping that offline. Like, uh, I mean, cause yeah, which is always, I mean, that's just a battle you can't win. Yeah. Is but, there anything hack in, like, magic oh, game? Like, That was my next question. Well, because there's there's comics like Russell Peters, who's, like, he's, I think, the biggest international comedian, and he's yeah. accused of stealing from, you know, people, you know, there's, there's, it, it happens to everybody. Yeah. Um and you know, people make it. Kevin Hart's doing arenas, but he's coming up with a guy who's on, who's still in the club scene, and they're they're yeah. they're no better or worse most of the times. So, I mean, what is there's there... a lot of hack and magic, and um, there's different levels of hack and magic, right? So, I mean, how original is something? You know, what's that? And, and so, even like some of the ones I've known of in the comedy world, some of the time you're like, yeah, I can kind of see there's a similarity there, but I can also see how like, people can come up with independently. Some stuff's blatantly obvious, you know. With magic, there is different start, starting points. So, you know, you might go to a comedy show, not be a comedian, hear a joke, it's funny, you tell it to your friends. And that's not hack because you're not really a professional comedian. You're not trying to sell yourself. You're not trying to do it. You're just retelling a joke. Yeah. And some people would say that's not right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take this other person's material and get a laugh out of it. Some people will go to that extreme. Some people are that extreme, right? Yeah. Um, it's same in magic. Uh, but I think that when you start off, most magicians start off learning other people's magic. They're not creating their own tricks, as maybe some people will create their own jokes. Um, but over time, you will put your own, hopefully put your own spin on those routines, little presentational things to make them yours. And then farther down the road, you create your own effects and slowly weed out the things that aren't you that belong to somebody else. Sure. What percentage of the people actually do that? Mm, not as many as many of us would like. <laughs> and I'm yeah, sure no. you, I'm sure your industry sort of weeds them out for the most part. Like people know. No, no, because no. <laughs> uh, it's not like name comedy names. Clubs. No. <laughs> it's not like comedy clubs. Well, I mean, it's not too. It's not. Like yeah, too you're on the road. Yeah. And it's it's like not like comedy clubs where there's like that tight knit group of like tight. Community. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't steal it. It's actually a tighter community, but. It's uh, and there are absolutely situations where it's obvious that this is, like for example, um, Piff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, is a great example of this. He became famous over on a show called Penn and Teller Foolish in the UK. Yeah, he's over in, in um, uh, Vegas now. He's got a show in Vegas. He did um, America's, America's Got, got Talent, Talent as well. So when he did America's Got Talent, he did his act. And I mean, he's a, dresses up as a magic dragon. He's got very specific jokes that are him. And there's video out there, you can YouTube it, of some guy, I don't, I don't know what country, I, don't, I want to say Hungary, Hungarians got talent, does the exact same, in the dragon costume, exact same line, word really? for word on Hungarians got talent. And assume that he took it from Piff, not... Or assume, it's like, exactly, it's not even oh, a I question, yeah. it's not like you steal a bit, it's like the whole he stole act, his entire the act. costume, the lines, everything that you, I mean, 
yeah, it's, this is, the most obvious example <laughs> of this is a straight off rip off of this act, and on a huge national television show. Wow, right? but did they not have YouTube in Hungary? What? Like, how did they not? Did they not vet the guy and go did like, they just care? do it? No, that's the thing. Not, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Well, they yeah. don't care here either. They don't care. They don't care. Wow, an idiot. Right. And so the issue is, and in comedy, and to a degree, it's the same thing. See, comedy has a has, has a bigger set of police. If you go on a, a talk show and you tell someone else's obvious bit, you can get you know people. The internet stuff, will the, the, the community will talk about it. Unfortunately, and, almost too far. I think sometimes, sometimes it's like there's it's a bad, parallel yeah. thought, and you're like, all right, well. But I guess also in that instance, like if he's not winning, it's like you already lost, right. buddy. Like everyone can get mad about it, but it, it's like, yeah, he uh, he went on this TV show. He stole someone else's act. Everybody knows it, and he didn't win. And what we It'd do be hilarious now. if he's also in Vegas, across the street from each other. That happened in Australia. There's a guy. There's a there's a con- comedian on America. Australia's Got Talent that went pretty far, and then it came out that it was a big thing over in Australia. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing yeah. them, and I don't think the judges had any problem with it. Um, well, they don't know. They don't. They were they were okay when it came out that he was yeah. stealing it. They were like, "Well, and, just make it your own." And it's so no. much more. So. <laughs> they were just. They literally. That's, and it's like, so much more so a magic. I mean, so like Penn and Teller fool us, right? It's a really cool good show. show for magic because the people they bring on that show aren't oftentimes doing stuff that you would see on television because it's not television. It is, but it's not because of the format they make it for television. But most of those guys are original creators or they're taking someone else's trick and they're making it their own presentation with their personality and their character and their whatever it is. It's some original slant to it. But the vast majority of what you see on shows like America's Got Talent, when it comes to the magic side of it, are not original. Interesting. Um, like there's a guy on um, uh, Britain's Got Talent that I think went really far, went really viral with doing a trick where it's a little stick figure on the back of a trick deck of cards and he comes to life and finds your card that trick has sold like 50,000 <laughs> tricks it's like one of the most popular selling tricks of all time you can go to any magic shop you can buy it in five minutes you can go and do it but the judges on America's Got Talent don't know that they're just a dumb audience or the Brits got, you know what I'm saying like because they don't know Yeah. but don't they have a vetting process like an American Idol yeah. in the first place where they no. have people who are supposed to know but this even, stuff? If, you on, they hired even if you go on like a talk show right um, let's say I create a trick and you go on in a talk show and you do my trick. And you, because you want to be honest, say, I want me, Carl, to get credit for this. Just as if you were a comedy writer, you get credit for writing a comedy on a television show. Or if you were a musician and you had a music playing on television, they won't even do it. Because there's no system set up to give you that credit. Yeah. No, but had that, I know friends of that that's happened to. You've you've done. Yeah. I've seen you do late night. Um, was it Craig Ferguson or what did I uh, see Pete you Holmes. on? Pete Holmes. Okay, yeah. yeah. And um, any and now that trick, I don't remember exactly what you did on that. Um, but is there like what what's the process? Do you are you reading people's comments afterwards? Do you do you, like, some but not many? I, mean. I feel like comics are we're always you know we're everything. 50 yeah. good comments and then one person's like well, I didn't really get it and you're like how did this asshole not get it like but for that is it like have you ever been a- accused of like um, doing something similar to somebody else um I can't think of I've been pretty got pretty good reputation for that I think I don't think I've had any problems with that um I certainly have some friends that have had problems with that um some I think valid some not valid it's gotta um, be tough when you're trying to be innovative. And, and yeah, and it's gonna be it's, it can be really catty too. Where you know, it's it's, it's it can be very. There's many areas of gray in it, 
there's a lot of crossover. There's, you know, you can be sitting around, you can get high or waste drunk and start jamming and giving each other ideas. And next thing you know, you forget that conversation ever happened. And, and now you're doing they stole bit. your idea. But, you know, it's not the case. You know, sometimes you all are sharing together. It, it evolves. It's, 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 it's complicated sometimes. Sometimes it's very obvious, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, always, I feel like audiences, I mean, for the most part, stand up's considered like the, the, the lowest level of entertainment, I think, generally. I'm pretty uh, sure Magic's <laughs> lower on that totem pole. I, no, well, uh, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering because no one who goes up, I'm sure no one goes a, up. There's a list somewhere. I forget. I mean, it's like ventriloquism's okay. down there. Juggling. Juggling. I was going to say, there's going to be juggling. It's like, wow. Well, well I'm, done. Okay, I'm not even counting them in that case. But like, <laughs> but with like a comic, there a show doesn't go by where someone doesn't pitch you some topical thing or some joke or like I got an uncle who just sends me messages like you could use this for your skits. Oh, I hear it every day. I hear it every day. <laughs> so like, people, oh, I got an idea thinks. for your skits, and I'm oh, like, yeah. uh Because in magic, you're go. trying to wow them, and in stand up, you're trying to like relate and make it look maybe simpler than it is, or maybe it is simple, but it's still. Uh, you don't have guys coming up after being like, "Hey, I got this thing you could do. You could oh, tag." <laughs> oh, do you really? really? Well, when you do have stuff for magicians, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but that's res- you can respect that. For regular people, no, it doesn't happen. No, no guy no, goes yeah. like you should make a car oh, disappear. Yeah, I know. Do that. Well, sometimes <laughs> random stuff. I mean, you get a lot of you know. You should be on America's Got Talent, or you should be on this show, or whatever it is. You know, you get a lot of that, and they mean well. Yeah, they mean well, and and at the time, the same type of thing. You know, you know, like if you're doing stuff and it's you know, you're, it's a high end corporate black tie event. It's all adults. You know, you're getting paid a lot of money to be at this event. And you do you know this amazing thing that just blows your mind, that blows everybody's mind, and they go, "Oh man, I love my kid to see that," you know. And a lot of magicians feel like, "Well, didn't you enjoy it?" Like, yeah, right. But they're not trying to insult you; they're trying to live their life through their children. That's what yeah. parents do, and it's a compliment. So you have to learn how to understand. Oh, that. but I'm the same way. I would, if my parents can ever make it out here and you're in town, I would love for them to see the castle because, like, it's all, it's like. And you can't have your cell phone out in there and everything, like no, which, which is which is great. Well, who's the comic who's doing that? Where they've got like the uh, cell phone bags? Uh, I think Hannibal Burris. Yeah, where there's yeah. like the, so you got to put your you put your phone in this bag and, and it just it's a good it. idea. It. Yeah. it keeps like the mystery alive. Like that's yeah. one thing that's just really cool about the castle was like you have to dress up, you have to be a member to go there. There are lots of yeah. like high level it, it people in Hollywood that can't yeah. get in there. You know, it like yeah. keeps it special and nobody can have their phone and you can't take pictures. It keeps yeah. it just like yeah, like I don't know the old way where you just you just enjoy a moment yeah. and remember yeah. it and we're like yeah. wow that was really cool well, but now and people don't realize how important um your state of mind and your environment is to watching a show oh absolutely um, and we, you get that a lot because you know comedy clubs are a more controlled environment versus like you're talking about going into like a juice bar right yeah where people are coming in and out and trying to order are coming there to see a show i did a sushi show the other day right oh it's, <laughs> sushi's tough to perform in front of right. yeah, that's yeah, a tough yeah, crowd. Exactly. i'll get you on that show oh thanks <laughs> It'll be, no. i'd love to do it yeah <laughs> and i'm like waiting on eating my food because i just let me eat after my set you you were fish is all stale <laughs> silver lake yeah, you know, but you know, so it's it's one of those things that um, when you do a lot of gigs and you're, and you're going to people's houses to do shows a lot, um, you know, you're going to parks sometimes on the beach. You know, you just never know sometimes where you're going to end up. How do you do a card parties. trick on the beach? A <laughs> <laughs> seagull took. Dude, I can't. I can't keep my like umbrella from flying I away know, on the right? beach. How are you going to do like shit? There's the card. You can, nah. you can be on the beach in your in your you know in your bathing suit and you meet someone and you find out they're a magician. Like, oh, do a trick. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> do a yeah. trick. I'm like, I'm not here. You know? I, need, I need some ketchup. Right. <laughs> well, the, the point is, is that I'm really going to see this ketchup trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to build it up. And, 
Next time Carl's in town, we'll, we'll yeah, yeah. take your girl. We'll take him and his girl out. So they, this actually makes sense. And for those listening, search Carl. Do you have any? Um, what's a good place for people to see some of your stuff online? Is it the, the, the Pete Holmes? Yeah, I don't have a ton. Um, actually, the, the, all the Pete Holmes stuff just got taken down. But um, oh, oh, why? I think he's doing a new show. Oh, okay. But um, you missed out, audience. Yeah, you I missed know. out. Uh, but uh, my, um, I'll probably get get it back up at some point. And I have uh, my website's carlcoppertop.com. So Carl with a K, Coppertop with a K. If you're a magician and you're interested in the magic side of stuff, it's carlhine.com. Nice. Cool. So, All right, um, so check that out. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to promote your free stuff online. Like, I'm not trying to like say, go watch all of Carl's free <laughs> YouTube videos. But I did. I, I guess it was probably after seeing you perform. I And I did I did my the light level of stalking. We're like, oh, what else has he got in here? You're so creepy. You didn't, you didn't, see, you didn't, you didn't watch Carl's video, uh, Pete Holmes? I Jeez. feel like you showed it to me. I guess I'm a better fan now. <laughs> I watched it by myself, but I mean, but uh, uh, where's heading with that? So, oh, I, this is the last question I wanted to ask before we get out of here: is what, do you remember your first paid magician? Oh, I job? do, yeah, for sure. What was that? First paid gig was junior in high school. I was in Boy Scouts at the time, and my scoutmaster hired me to do um, his son's project graduation, or he got me the gig from the project graduation. So it's you know it's like all the high school students graduating, and it's like the night they get locked in. How'd it go? It was fun. It was a great time. Yeah, Girls talked to you. How first. high did you go in the no, scout I program? Was the, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was the Eagle Scout. Were you? Yeah, wow. wow, that's really impressive. Yeah. But yeah, it was my first gig, and it was like I don't remember what I got paid—fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. I don't know. It was, but it was you know. You can't forget yeah, it. This is fun. Yay! Brian, do you remember your first paid gig? God, I'm trying to remember my first paid spot. Uh, I think it was in New England. Yeah, so I started doing col- uh, comedy in college, and yeah, I started getting paid. What gigs. school did you go to? I went to Johnson and Wales. Oh no Rhode way! Island. Yeah, I went to URI. Oh nice, Rhode Islanders. Oh absolutely. Well, I'm I'm from Rhode Island. Yeah, know? no, I'm not. No. Yeah, so, but uh, culinary school. Yeah. Although it's got business too. Yeah, I went for hospitality management. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, the restaurant world. That's awful. That's nice. why I was bartending for so long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, well, a state uh, school business degree got me here. So. Nice. Yeah, really good. Well done. <laughs> Sweating in an apartment in Los Angeles. Sorry about the heat, guys. Oh, it's, not, it's actually not that bad. Um, um, yeah, no, it was in. I think if I remember right, it was the Castle Cinema show. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah, it's like oh wow, this th- this shit that I do made something. I I got um Lynn Coplets had a benefit show. Do you know her? No. She's um she does a seller. She's like uh she was with like um. Joan Rivers crew. She used to be on her reality show, but she's an older like m- like milf chick from Alabama. Like that's her angle. She's like this old hot chick with like plastic surgery, but she's she's really funny. She she's a white chick from Alabama, but does all the black rooms in New York. They just nice. eat it up. But um, I was pff, I want to say six months into comedy, and it was I ate it. Oh, you gotta I, have that. I mean, I was <laughs> the way. MC, and it, but it was like. Who boy, like the type. Of <laughs> Ooh, and yeah. and just to make it worse, the audience. It was a fundraiser, and they were all doctors, and they were all there because a girl died, and they were raising money for her. And no one yes. told me how the chick died, and, oh, no. and I had to go up on stage. And, and did you and, just ask? Did you just like drop the? No, I was doing my jokes, which involved. Um, I had a joke about a girl who couldn't really swim well, and it turns out... She drowned? Drowned. Oh, no. Unbelievable. That's where my career started. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere to go but up. (laughs) Yeah, couldn't go any but down. I mean, but anyway... um, and on that note. That's <laughs> brutal. I, I I did the bit, the one arm girl story, uh, in a room, and I guess there was a girl in the room who was missing like part of her arm, 
And yeah, this other woman came out to the New York Comedy Club. She like followed me down the hallway and was just like, "I think you should apologize. I don't think that's right." Jeez. And I was it's like, "It's always somebody else who's offended." Watch, yeah. And like, I, I, I looked at her in the face. I was like, "I'm like, it's very unfortunate that that happened to that girl." And uh, I was like, "I'm not apologizing." And she's like, "You're really not going to apologize?" I'm like, "Nope, no, I'm not." And I was like, "Are you friends with her?" And she's like, "No." But I just, I'm like, "So what you're doing is way worse than what I ever said on stage." <laughs> I was like, what yeah, you're, you're doing is you're, you're treating her victim. like less than a human being that she doesn't have the ability to walk over and let me know that she's offended by what it's I said. It's always somebody. Was like, she, so now I'm not going to apologize. It's a white, white lady? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> white ladies are the worst. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that, was, that was uncomfortable. Well, I keep doing the joke. It's funny. Oh, it's for those yeah. listening, where can people find you? Social media shows coming up? Uh, all that? That's uh, uh, just Brian Demoy. Uh, I'm on Facebook uh, slash Brian Demoy. Uh, on Twitter, just Brian Demoy. Instagram, Brian Demoy. It's kind of nice having like my, I'm the only Brian Demoy, so the Swedish ginger himself didn't have to do that underscore one one three any of that stuff. It's just at Brian Demoy, yeah. And I've got gigs coming up. I don't know when this goes up, but yeah, this will be up to, uh, f- tomorrow, which is I don't know the 28th of June. I don't know what it is. It's hot know. here. I'm sorry that the uh, we have the AC going in the other room, trying to blow the fan in, but we didn't want this sound to be too loud. And I'm pretty sure the breathing everyone's been hearing has been me on the microphone. <laughs> and I was like, who's breathing? And I'm like, I saw that you were checking it was you. I was like, no, it's definitely me. <laughs> uh, Tasha, where can people find you? Uh, at Tasha Courtney, Snapchat, Tasha TV. That's it. And we, do we get your social media, Carl? Um, are you, uh, are, are you more of a website guy? Your website, yeah, guy? website guy? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, go check out Carl. Uh, oh, one of my, one of my best, uh, most loyal listeners is in West Palm beach. Oh yeah. So she, Dara, Dara, whatever your name is. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening, and uh, go check out Carl. I'll I have to say, I think I'm actually doing a public show, for, which I never do in West Palm this Thursday. Hello, Baloo. Absolutely, no way. Yeah, I never do. Okay, so I really hope she's listening All right, to this Dara, episode. Take a photo with Carl. <laughs> bring bring your ketchup. Um, th- first of all, thank you guys both for being on. We just hit yeah. an hour, so we're going to get out of here. Yeah. But um, I I, to- I totally appreciate it. Next time Carl's in town, we're definitely going to yeah, go no, see I'm him at the down. at the castle. Yeah. Um, everyone listening, keep uh, sharing with your friends, rate review on iTunes if you haven't already. Um, and uh, can I play? Uh, I got a uh, gig please? tomorrow night. Uh, well, I guess it will be Wednesday night. So the, the tomorrow when this airs, uh, I'll be at the trip in Santa Monica with the Dollface Dames, which is always a good time. It's a burlesque, oh, burlesque. stand-up show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen their flyers. What yeah, times? yeah. I think this show starts at ten o'clock. Trip in Santa Wait, tomorrow's Monica. Tomorrow's Tuesday. No. Tomorrow, yeah, but so when this airs, when the, like the people uh, listening okay. now, okay. they download it. Well, so I guess I should just say so tomorrow's the. So Wednesday the thirtieth. Yeah. Did you get that right? When, yeah. Is it oh, the No, Wednesday the, the 29th. 29th. Yeah, Wednesday the 29th, I'll be at the trip in Santa Monica. It's on Lincoln, just south of Pico. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool little spot, and that's, yeah, you'll be seeing some burlesque and some live stand-up. So Come for the titties. Time. Here are the Stay ginger. Yeah. Stay for the laughs. Get yeah. that. Uh, get the one-arm joke in there so people can actually know what we're <laughs> talking about. Um, yeah. I don't know what I'm plugging. I'll be in San Diego next week. <laughs> Sonoma Wine Festival. <laughs> I mean, does it get any worse than you can see me in the Sonoma Wine Festival? Yeah, I, uh, I can get you on that juice bar show. Yeah, good, nice. <laughs> well, we're, we're even then. Yeah. All right, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, guys. And uh, thanks, thanks for, for listening, everybody. See you yeah. next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.